This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Previously on Homestale Radio. I love jewels. I'm not counting it out. Sorry, Chris. I want to finish on Speroni. I've got a... Make a sort of a, a, a note for Mikey to try and clip you saying that you want to finish on Speroni, Terence. <laughs> 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 Just for my own amusement. Um, so, Mikey, make sure you get that one. <laughs> I thought it was a perfect substitution based on the, cli- the clientele that we had. <laughs> the personnel, not clientele. Yeah, personnel that's something else, pers- mate. Yeah, <laughs> the <laughs> personnel that we had. Yeah, I'm, sa- I'm sat here in front of a big mirror as I'm doing this, and I can see myself in, in my work attire still, so I think I'm no, half okay. I thought you meant something else. <laughs> <laughs> For all our contact information, and to send us an email, visit holradio.net forward slash contact. Good evening, everyone. Please, please don't panic, um, for I'm not Chris Hamblin, nor am I Nicholas Gillard, but I am Albert Curley, and I shall hopefully, hopefully, be guiding you through the last seven days of all things Crystal Palace FC. Backing me up today, and in no way attempting to sabotage my full debut, are Alex White. Hello. You calm down yet? No, I'm, uh, I don't want to talk about it. Good to know. Joe uh, <laughs> <Gel> Holyoke. <laughs> evening, Albert. Good evening, mate. And Terence, redandblueharmy.co.uk, Ford. <laughs> Hello, Albert. I thought we'd get it out of the way, mate. Nice and early. <laughs> um, they'll, <laughs> they'll be holding my hands whilst we reflect on a narrow victory against the Watford side, which saw my new man crush, Johan Kabai, dispatch a winning penalty to give us our first three points in three attempts. So with that in mind, let's all take a deep breath, strap ourselves in, and for God's sake, hold on, for this, ladies and gentlemen, is still very much Homesdale Radio. Listen to Homestale Radio on the go using our Apple iOS app. Download at holradio.net forward slash iOS. How to speak Charlton and Balassi signs a new three and a half year deal. A hat-trick from Dwight Gale was the highlight of the Eagles' emphatic Capital One Cup derby day as they put Charlton Athletic to the sword at Sellers Park. We discussed the match in our last podcast, which is available from holradio.net and iTunes. Crystal Palace will face Manchester City in the fourth round of the Capital One Cup. 
The tie will take place at the Etihad Stadium on the 28th of October. Yannick Bolassi has signed a new three-and-a-half-year deal with the club. The exciting winger has become a fan favourite during his three years in SE25 so far, and supporters were pleased to hear that he has decided to remain in South London. A penalty by Johan Kabay was enough for Palace to see off Watford as they kept their first clean sheet of the season to clinch victory at Vicarage Road. In the repeat of the 2013 Championship playoff final, Wilfred Zaha once again won a penalty against the Hornets, but this time it's French midfielder rather than Kevin Phillips who dispatched the, the kick. What are you laughing at? Right, I've just about had enough of you lot. I'm not reading this rubbish. Someone else can do it. Go on. Do you want me to help we're you, Alex? No, we're sixth on the table. <laughs> And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Got something you'd like to get off your chest? Tweet us now at Whole Radio. <laughs> now, for those that you might, might be confused to what happened, there, Alex got in a big rant, and um, there was meant to be a little bit more on that, but uh, it all got a bit silent and a bit awkward. So, um, <laughs> I mean, you'll probably go on as an extra at the end of the season or something if you're keen on listening to a bit of a silent strop. But anyway, um, it's going well so far, isn't it, guys? Yeah, I think so. Should we end it there? Should we <laughs> <laughs> quit, quit while we're ahead? <laughs> I've got to say, um, you know, I feel I'm feeling a bit like Julian Sproni at the moment. You know, all right, yes, I am third choice, but deep down, I'm probably everyone's favourite. So, um, <laughs> with that in mind, um, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can call us on 0208 No one does. I don't know why we bother reading it out anymore. Uh, we've also got our app, which has been previously mentioned, which you can find if, if you're an iPhone user. You can go to wholeradio.net, cheers.net, forward slash iOS. Or if you're an Android user, I don't even know what that is, you could go to wholeradio.net, forward slash Android. Uh, later on in the show, we will be talking about the Ultimate Squad, that feature that we've been doing for a few weeks now. Um, we're picking our all-time 25. This week, we're discussing strikers, and I think we might know how this one's going to go. We're discussing Andy Johnson. Um, and his magic hat. Um, so he might, you know, bearing in mind our ins or bins, he could be joining Nigel Martin, who's already in the squad with defenders Scott Dan, Kenny Sansom, Wilf Zaha in midfield, Ian Wright up front, and rather sadly, the only player that's been binned thus far is Michael Hughes. So, um, yeah, let us know what you think with that. If you want to vote, go to wholeradio.net forward slash vote. Um, we're not going to do uh, Twitter or chat room votes anymore because it just got too confusing for old people, basically. Um, so... Let's go through. Right, so obviously yesterday we dispatched Watford 1-0. We've mentioned it a few times already. 
Um, I've got to say I was a bit nervous going into the game. You know, they hadn't conceded the goal at home. Um, we'd obviously lost lost two on the bounce, harshly so in my opinion against Man City. So yeah, I was a bit a bit nervous going in. How did you guys feel going into the game, Terence? Yeah, I didn't know what to think really. Um, we was having the conversations before in the pub, and um, I was we could win two 0 we could lose two 0 It was a really really tough one to predict for me. And um, I think the tight affair that followed probably sort of went along with that thinking. Yeah, I certainly agree. Alex, are you nervous going in there? <sighs> Is that... I'm not... Even... <sighs> you trying to set me up for these innuendos? You are, aren't you? No. Basically, well, you're just, you're just trying to pull off a Chris here, aren't you? Anyway, for the match, yes, I was, I was pretty nervous going into it. We, got, we had good away form going into it anyway. Um... Was I nervous? I'm never. I'm never particularly nervous going into a Palace match, but I, I, I didn't really know what to expect. I expected it to be tight and, and cagey, and I think the team news surprised a lot of people. I think as soon as I saw Scott Dan was was available a few hours before, then it kind of it made life a little bit more comfortable for me. Nice. And how about you, Joe? Uh, I wasn't nervous, but I thought it was one of them games that we could quite easily. Lose to be honest with you. Um, you know they're on fire as such. hadn't lost, hadn't conceded a goal at home. Um, so yeah, there was. It, it could have only been bad news for us. But like you say, the, the certain players getting getting picked um, sort of cheered me up no end. Good. So, so let's quickly whip through the lineup. Um, so Hennessy in goal, which we'll come on to very shortly. You had Kelly, obviously in for Ward, who's still out. Scott Dan, who, as uh, Terence I think said, is a surprise that we we saw him. Hangaland, Soiree, Kabai, Ledley, Punch, and Sarko, Sacco. Can't remember. Uh, Blassie and Gale. Um, were we happy with that lineup? Gel, sticking with you. Yeah, well, it's just uh, it's just that diamond formation that we're playing, and and, and it's just it's attack, isn't it? And we said for you know for for a few years now, my my philosophy has always been you know if we if we can't defend as, as well as we can you know we, we've always been out to attack the last few years we've been very good um and just adding that little bit of solidity in defense um yeah I'm, I'm, I'm really i'm just i'm just chuffed with the way you know we're getting the result really uh, from from something that i know a lot of and in, was it you i think you tweeted that you're a little bit nervous about it i, I just I, I really thought I, I didn't think we'd win one nil but anyway, i thought a draw would be our best result yeah, yeah, I, I was nervous going in there. Like I say, we sort of, I don't know, the, the, Spurs, the Spurs game for me was, was a disappointment. I mean, I haven't been on the show since the Spurs game. And yeah, and I was really sort of disheartened with our performance there. And um, obviously, we you know got back to winning ways against Charlton. Um, which, you know, wasn't really hard, was it, to be honest? I mean, we won't tr- go over old ground. But yeah, I just thought w- w- with their home form and us being a bit shaky and not playing a striker up front, I, I wondered if we'd... Stick to that system, but we we, we played Gale up front. How do, how do we think he did? Yeah, it was so nice to have it, to actually have a centre forward, and it was always going to be one of those games from the, from the outset, wasn't it? That we just we just needed to get a result. It doesn't matter how we did it, as long as we went in there and, and got a draw or three points. It was always going to be one of those sort of scrappy games. I think both sides were, were weren't particularly great, really. Um, but it, it was it was refreshing to see a striker on the pitch. Of course, it was. It it worked okay against City. It didn't work at all against Spurs. Um, Dwight got his chance on 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 Wednesday against Charlton. I think it was impressed to see him score three goals. But actually, his whole his whole work rate chasing down loose balls. Um, and it's again really good to see him do that yesterday and it proved to be the difference really for me you know he created three clear cut opportunities for himself yes he should have scored but they're three 
clear opportunities there, you know, and, that, and that's massive for us. And let's let's get on to the goalkeeping situation. We, you know, I don't know about anybody else. I thought Hennessy in for Charlton was, you know, just a, a change for the cup, just to sort of mix it up and and give him McCarthy the week off. But obviously, Hennessy's impressed enough to to keep his place. Terence, you're obviously the you're the go-to guy for goalkeepers. Um, <laughs> can I presume you were happy with seeing Hennessy still in there? Yeah, well, I thought, um, I was very outspoken on this show last week about. Um, thinking that McCarthy needed a rest. Um, I don't I don't think that McCarthy's a terrible goalkeeper by any means, but I think half the mistakes against City and Spurs, if you if he makes a mistake in this one that costs us points, it could, you know, be damaging for him long term. So I think it was nice to mix it up. You do it with outfield players a lot, you give them a rest, you bring someone else in, so no reason not to do it with a goalkeeper. And I thought Hennessy did really well, he didn't have much to do really, but what he did have to do he did well. Can I just say a bit on, on McCarthy as well, that it's just kind of, we really had to make that change. I think he was lucky in the first couple of weeks that potentially the mistakes that he made weren't detrimental. I think he could have done better at Norwich for that goal. I think even Falcao's header, maybe we used to have Sproni in there, that, that, kind of, that kind of save, but even Falcao's header, um, the goal against Aston Villa, you could argue... But it, it it turned in, you know, that City game and that Spurs game, those goals came detrimental and we lost points because of it. We just, we had to make that change and you never want to shoot a player's confidence, but if it's affecting results, then, then we have to make that change. And I have no doubt in my mind that Alex McCarthy would be Palace goalkeeper for a very, very long time like Sproni did. But So when, 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 when do you think we bring McCarthy back in then? Are we waiting for Hennessy to make similar mistakes or is it just a, te- is it a temporary thing? Is are we going to see him again soon, do you think? I just, I just think we've got to wait for Spironi. I think as soon as Spironi... Well, I was surprised that Spironi was on the bench on Wednesday and not on the bench this week, at least, or in the starting eleven. Um So that shocks me. But I'd be looking to get Spironi back in and then it's going to be tough for McCarthy and Hennessy. They've got to really wait it out and fight it out. But it's so hard, isn't it? When do you, when do you let someone go? I think kind of... Sproni getting injured was quite convenient for Pardew in many ways because it gave him an excuse to to play another goalkeeper, you know, because you don't just drop your number one legend, do you? You don't just do that. It kind of gave him an excuse, and I think it's going to be looking to do something similar to get McCarthy back in now. Gel, next next goalkeeping scenario for you. Who's who's the long term, or should I say, the sort of short to mid term? Well, McCarthy. I mean, you know, everyone. Everyone knew what happened to Jules when he first started off. I mean, we're all, like I say, to use an Americanism, we're just hypercritical about everything now. We've gone all, we've gone all Premier League in the way, you know, we used to just think, oh, he's trying hard. And, and, and you give him the benefit of the doubt. And now, as soon as anyone makes a mistake, they don't get any benefit of the doubt. It's just, we've just gone all Ponzi as a Premier uh, League side. Joe, I, I agree. But it's like, Sproni made a couple of mistakes. But for me, McCarthy has made mistakes in every single Premier League game. And now that's lost us two games in a row. That isn't good enough. That deserves to be dropped. If you were, if you were a he winger, drop him. if you, yeah, and he, and, he, he and he made the right decision. If, if you're a winger him. and you make a couple of mistakes, we've made a couple of mistakes, and it's justified to put him on a bench. It's got to be the same with the keeper. No, he didn't put him on the bench. Just like I said to, I alluded to the other day. I actually saw him having an argument with with uh, with, with Pardew across the field, screaming and shouting at each other, and then Will started flailing his arms, and then I said to me, mate. I said, guaranteed, if, if, if Damo's injury doesn't take him off, then Wilf goes off at half-time. He didn't even come back out. Imagine he kicked, didn't even let him get on the bus home. I'd have put him in a cab and kicked him out of the ground for his attitude. But anyway, going back to the, to the goalkeepers, it is good to keep people, you know, give them a rest. And, and we've got potentially three first-class goalkeepers. Uh, uh, you know, Jules is a good goalkeeper, no matter what. You know, um, 
I mean, McCarthy's a very good goalkeeper, even though I say it again, he was the QPR number two. And then all of a sudden, he's our number one. I, I was a little bit mystified with that. I didn't think Ellis did anything wrong. But it's good to see that we have got depth, you know, strength in depth in goal. We've got three potential first, first team goalkeepers, and we've never had that. Is that our strongest position in the squad, do you think? Yeah, but you know what? It probably is. It mm. probably is. I've got to say, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't remember any time in recent years. So, you know, obviously, because Peroni's been so good, but just looking longer than that, I can't remember a time where you can make a case for... Oh, yeah, what about, what about Speroni, Lewis Price and Neil Alexander? Well, <laughs> do you know what? I retract my last statement. Um, <laughs> but, we've, but we've got two, two international goalkeepers. We've and, got that. Is and, he the eighth and, or ninth best goalkeeper in the world? Hennessy. Is it? Yeah, well, yeah they're ninth, aren't they? Going by the FIFA rankings. Strange, yeah. I don't make the rules, guys. <laughs> but I do um, tonight. I've, I've, I'll have to just uh, tell you guys. I'm in the uh, in the chat room, homesdale.net forward slash chat. Um, and uh, come back to me in a minute, and I'll have a, a few thoughts from uh, Robert CPFC, Dems Eagle, and Red Zirendot, and Hubbo, etc. What I think is telling, though, um, is McCarthy doesn't play and we keep our first clean sheet of the season. So it shows that the decision was probably right. You can prove anything with facts, though, can't you? (laughs) (laughs) Don't encourage him. (laughs) (laughs) Just looking at, look, a few few people from Twitter have got in contact about the goalkeeping situation. You can get us at Whole Radio on Twitter. Uh, Stephen Barton says, uh, no point in having a strong squad if you don't make full use of it. Hennessy is also a quality keeper who has never let us down. Uh, we've got Gary who has said, I thought I heard he had a slight knock so didn't start. Maybe not fit enough to play all 90. I'm assuming that's, he's talking about McCarthy. Uh, clean sheet and we won. What is there to discuss? Um, and that's all on the goalkeeping scenario for well, now. Don't forget, Hennessy made a, a mistake midweek as well, though. That Charlton goal he should have saved. Terrence. He made Terrence. a mistake right at the very Terrence. end of the game, which could have put us right in the mire, but I'm not going to pull that out. Yeah, that that is true. It was he, his body angle was really weird. It was like he slid around the wrong side of the ball. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm. Like, as he come out, he sort of it seemed more natural to come the other way, and he kind of turned around it, and that gives all opportunity for your legs to get in the way and pop the ball out, as happened. Especially when his legs are about twenty foot long. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Gel. Before we move on to the uh, the match in general, any uh, anything in the chat room? Uh, well, Hubbo's come up for a, a, an interesting thing. Is, it, is, it, is there a name for a group of goalkeepers? Keepers. A gaggle. A gaggle. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, Eagle said not seeing <laughs> McCarthy wasn't a surprise after the Spuds pod. You publicly said he could have done better with a goal. Um, Robert Seep, FC, said, I think it's harsh to blame McCarthy for the Man City goal. Um yeah, I'll come back. I'll, I'll have some more stuff for you in a minute. Right. So, so first half, I think the first, the, the best place to start is right at the beginning, which saw uh, obviously the Palace fans down the other end, just saw Yannick Balassi just do a Forrest Gump and just run and run and run. Uh, and then inevitably just boot the ball out for what I think might have been a throw. Throw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Throw. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> interesting. Do you think that's off the training ground? Is that something we're going to see every week? Do you think? <laughs> Well, he managed to get within a yard of the corner flag five he times. Did a, he did in England rugby, didn't he? Just put it into touch when you should go for goal. Jeff, Jeff <laughs> Thomas. Maybe he's game arcing back. We, you know, we like an old player. Maybe he's looking at his videos. It was, it was, that, was, that was just typical Balassi, though. 
<laughs> it really was. Just you, you seem to do things so well, and then it's just literally about ten meters from goal, just kicks it out for a throw. Oh, oh. Well, oh well, can't you listen? It, you know, he, he he did the hard bit. He, he ran past pretty much all of the Watford team. Um, it's just a, yeah, the end product was. Uh, oh, you know, the, what was it? The game was what, six seconds old, and I was, you already have to sort of put your head in your hands. And go, oh, for one sake, he's done it again. Um, I'm but, sure. I'm sure we won't try that kind of thing every week. I think you get work, you get worked out pretty quickly if you do. You reckon? Yeah. Yeah, but he's double thinking it, isn't he? That's what that's what everyone's thinking. He's going to go for it again. He has no idea what he's doing. He just thinks, right, I'm going to run. It's worse that can happen. Like when people say that, wash your mouth out. Run, Yannick, run. It's true. <laughs> Very good. Um, so, so first, first off, in general, how do we think we did, Terence? Um, yeah, I thought we did all right. I think they started quite quickly, and um, but we sort of got them at, con- under control at arm's length. And you, it was it was so easy for us. I thought they didn't show any sort of intent going forward that might hurt us. It was all very long, all very direct, and just trying to get feed off of Dini. But Dini just couldn't get onto the end of anything in dangerous areas. And as a result, we just could pick it up. I thought Ledley just did brilliant in there, just. Mopping everything up and starting counter attacks for us, so yeah, I thought we started all right. Was anybody? Did anybody feel that we were being targeted on the right? I mean, I, I was first oh. half. I was. Yeah, but oh. you would though, wouldn't you? If you're the opposition manager, you would just pile everything on Martin Kelly. You really would. I, I you know, I, I really do like him. But Doesn't he, sound like it. I know. I like him as a person, just not as a footballer. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? I just, he just shouldn't. He shouldn't be playing right back for us. He really shouldn't. You, you've, every week that he plays, he's just targeted by the opposition. Double up on him. Just run at him. But don't, Honestly, think, but don't, but don't think it was nice to see them not target, targeting Pap Suarez for a change. Yeah, well, you're barking uh, up the wrong tree there, I think. If you, try, if you target him... I wouldn't, I wouldn't bloody run at him. Yeah, exactly. But don't you feel that that's where teams were targeting us early in the season? Certainly at Norwich, every, everything was coming down his side, mm. and not because, not because he's a bad defender, just because he's you know normally so advanced. Yeah, and I, I think I think if you look at that Norwich game, I think he was probably our best player, wasn't he? I think people have have maybe seen they do so much scouting, don't they? They watch every single game, and they're probably realising you're better off running at Martin Kelly than uh, than perhaps Suarez. Put it that way. Uh, but they alluded to it on Match of the Day. They were saying about how high up the pitch the Watford fullbacks were playing. So it kind of pinned Suarez back a bit. So then if you're pinning the fullbacks back and you're attacking him with pace, you want to go at Kelly, not Suarez, because Suarez's rapid. So. And it can yeah. yeah, that was going to be my point, uh, Terence. I, I pretty much reckon that the, the, the uh, whatever they, uh, the. Uh, the, the, their manager's called. I couldn't. I, I don't know what his what his name K. is. K.K. Flores. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Did you see his interview after? <laughs> Jesus Christ, that is shocking. Did you understand? Um, no, no, I couldn't understand him. They need to no, wheel someone else out and, and just who, who speaks a you know a modicum of English. But anyway, Pochettino had a mate. didn't he? <laughs> yeah, but but no. My my point. What you just said, Terence, was uh, was yeah. I think that the team talks from both of the managers were. Um, don't bomb on too much because they're you know if we bomb on they're going to you know we'll just go down the sides and then we we did that they did that we did that they did that it was just it was it was almost boring to the point where it was you know we had to go they had to go and um, I think that's what, what sort of frustrated people and I think that the minute that that uh, 
they realised that they weren't going to have any joy in just hoofing it up in the air to Deeney. I mean, Deeney just got smashed all afternoon, which was which was great stuff because I think he's hugely overrated. Um, but and then you've got uh, and Ledley was just he just he just was everywhere, wasn't he? Did anybody think? I certainly felt in the first half. I thought I didn't think Watford were too bad. Certainly coming forward, but did anybody think they were trying to overplay it and try and walk it into the net at times? Somebody spoke to me today and said they actually thought Watford kind of dominated that first half. But it's one of those things, isn't it, that we've seen so many times us win games from having such little possession. They just they just had the ball and just did very little with it. And when Pardew alludes to kind of that intelligence and that discipline and that work rate in defence, I think that's exactly what he's talking about, that we really didn't allow them to do very much with the ball. They yeah, might have finished yeah. the game with 60% possession, but they didn't have a chance really other than hitting the bar from the free kick. You know, Hennessy didn't really make a save, did he, until the last couple of minutes. They, we, we really did stop them from playing. It kind of just, like I said earlier, it was one of those where we just really wanted, needed to get a result, and it didn't matter how it did it. We dug in. And I think that's why, probably why he went with Ledley. It's, it, it's, it's a defensive-minded rather than the MacArthur, I suppose, isn't it? Probably to, in there to mark Deeney out of the game. And, and it proved that... Ledley and uh, Hangelen taking Deeney out of the game worked. Yeah, what we I, I think it's still there from under Pulis, where we used to control games without the ball. We mm. did. We we never needed the ball. We was very very comfortable in our setup in dealing with everything they had to offer and just look for the perfect scenarios to hit them on the break. I never felt threatened at one point in that first half, despite them having a lot of the ball. Just it was all very comfortable. Just Hangeland just seemed if if they got anywhere near the area, Hangeland just seemed to come out of nowhere with a with a big old leg and just get it in the way. Should we should we talk about him now? Wait, yeah, talk we about can, him. I, I, I can take <laughs> the whole show if you want. I had forty to one on him to score first. Oh. Uh, let's talk about that because that's that. There seems to be a lot of um, that came that free kick came from Sacco. I, I must look up the uh, Watford number two because I thought he had a mare all afternoon. Um, Naive Rum or something was his name? Naive, Naive yeah, very, he was. Um, <laughs> they took him off, didn't they? Yeah. They took, I, I, was stuck, I, I, thought he, I thought he got booked first half, and then I think when he eventually got booked, I was crying out for the red. But um, yeah, So yeah, that free kick, that came from some good work from Sacco. And a, a few people were, I've seen a few people complaining that Sacco went down too easily under that challenge and there's a few people have pointed that out that that's something they don't like about his game does anybody feel that that, that was a just point I feel that he, he got a smack in the mouth and was well within his rights to go down it's the Premier League at the end of the day it's the top level if you get a touch on the shoulder every single player goes down like that don't they you know if, if, you, if, you, get, if you take a tug you go down it's just hey <laughs> <laughs> chance to be a fine thing <laughs> it took 23 minutes his name Anthony Taylor. Taylor. Anthony Taylor don't, doesn't need a, an excuse to blow that whistle. All about him. All about him. It's all yeah, about... That, that, that was my other point. Don't you, didn't you find that it was the... I mean, I mean, yeah, a lot of them were fans. You find he was desperate to, to break the game up and very well, that, scrappy. Gerardo, just, was it Gerardo? I can't remember his name. He's just in the, yeah. in the set. He just seriously just flung himself to the floor. A, a few of the players, you just needed to touch them and, and they were, literally were going down. I, I thought we had people in the... You know, we've, yeah. With catapults in the crowd, <laughs> it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing, and and the thing is, a couple of our players have picked that up as well. Um, as much as I hate to say it, like you say, Sacco, Sarko, um, yeah. he, he goes down very easy, and, and so does Gale. Yeah, um, but when the players go down easy, it gives the ref an easy blow. So, <laughs> <laughs> <It's me>. um, <laughs> very good. 
Uh, I found there was a distinct, there was lots of fouls, but there seemed to be a distinct lack of yellow cards. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the game, both teams finished with four players on. on yellows. I thought Kabai, didn't even think Kabai's yellow was harsh. It seemed to be his first challenge. And bearing in mind, I think it was uh, Abdi, their number 22. Oh, he could have been. He, had, he got booked, though, didn't he, Abdi? He, eventually, yes. But it's just like, it's just again, it's that consistency. I can sit here and talk about it all day, but it's just, if one's a yellow card, then the other one has to be. Or if it's not, then it's not. It's just it just infuriates me how the lack of consistency goes. Just... Johan Kabaya kicked someone up in the air in the first half and didn't get booked. Yeah, on full stretch oh, on the slide. That. Yeah, <laughs> he was trying not to give yellow cards. though. you could see he really was. He let probably ten, twelve, at least that amount of tackles, um, to, you know, go before he before he eventually got a card out. Um, but the the, uh, the the chat room's getting interesting. Um, come back and have a little look through the, the history, and uh, I think there's a little bit of arguing going on in there. All right, well, you, you have a look at that. I'm going to have to raise a point. You know, I don't know if anybody knows, people on Twitter would have seen that um, Nick Gussett was meant to um, host the show uh, today, and he's not very well, bless him. So first of all, let's, um, let's all send him our best. But Nick, Nick was very kind, and he sent, me his, he sent me a list of jokes that he was going to use tonight. We all know Nick's. <laughs> We all know Nick's famous for his for his, his world class puns, and um, he said, he's, he, "I'm very fortunate to get these here. This has really helped me out." Um, obviously, we're playing Watford, and you know, there's the whole Elton John connection. Um, so Nick Nick just wanted to say, um, Wilfred Zaha's pace was so frightening; he was like a rocket man. Oh dear! <laughs> <laughs> I like it. There's, there's loads of uh, loads of, of connotations just in that one, though. I like that. It's good work, right. Nick. Yeah. Well, there's more, there's more. I mean, we won't use them all now because it is only... There's more, you Jiminy yeah. Cricket. There's more. So we'll, uh, I'll save them, I'll save them. I don't want, I don't want to use them all at once because what would we then talk about? Um, <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> Johan Kabai in general. Anybody want to anybody talk about well, Johan Kabai? Before, before I gush. Straight, straight out of the chat room. Um, Go. And Rosario has said punching should be benched as competition for Kabai. So, and then someone else, Dems Eagle, saying punching for much. Well, punching or much, I can't, I can't work out um, what he was saying. Lions 550 says, uh, Sacco's terrible for going down. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a few, there, there are two or three people in here are, are, are sort of uh, not happy with, with uh, the distribution and, and, uh, of, of punching at the moment. <laughs> Just on, on punching, did anybody, did anybody think, and I've something I'd sort of thought last time against, uh, against the Spurs game, did anyone think he looks a little bit chunky at the moment? No. No, just me. Just me, then. Just Moving on. Gel, back Mar- to the chat. Mariapa for Kelly? Definitely. Yeah. A, there's a call from the... Uh, yeah, I've heard of Ward, a few Ward things you back about anytime that. soon, or? A couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, I think yeah, it's, yeah, three or four weeks. I thought they said on, on the telly. Yeah, I think it's got two week, two weeks left. I think. Minus five fifty said that tackle by Hangerland was more esque. Do you remember that one? The one where he just the perfect timing when he was about to score. Um, Craig, Craig Moore esque. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, but yeah, there's, there's a fair amount of. Uh, I don't think it's working with combined punch, which is more or less what I said last week. I think. I think that uh, that Kabai takes Punchin's um, space, um, and it, it, it just leaves him leaves him with nowhere to go, and no one to pass to. Do you know, well, what was, uh, should we talk so, about Punchin? Yeah, go, go on, on, go on, Terence. Well, yeah, well, it's the previous two seasons. Punchin hasn't played until January, 
he's played, but he hasn't played until January. It's been both years, and I was really like hoping that he'd piece two halves of a season together this year. We did say that, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. But he just he hasn't done it. It's just again, he's just. It's not like he's playing particularly bad or anything like that. He's just not. He would take games by the scruff of their neck at the end of last season and the previous season and affect the results, score goals, you know, make things happen. But just seems to just seems to just be floating around in there at the moment, not really doing that much. I certainly <laughs> wouldn't disagree with you there, Terence. It's um. <laughs> I, do you know for not- me? Oh, go on, go on, Dale. Lions 550 said he could be the fourth point assister with the amount of arm wagging he did for the others to do his work. I think you've watched him, seriously, people. <laughs> just watch Punching. He just, he, he does a lot of pointing. I don't, I don't, I don't know what that's all about. Can I just, can I make a statement on that? I think if we, if we want to start kind of criticising players and work rate and things like that, I think if you look at Yannick Balassi over the last two weeks, who's huffed and puffed and has almost become undroppable, um, it's just he doesn't chase back yesterday like two or three minutes to go he's ran all the way down the pitch lost the ball and the other Balassi I know loses the ball turns around and runs back and he's just standing there strolling about for me that the, the underperformances potentially of Jason Punching come out of the underperformances of the wingers the wingers usually pin the fullbacks back pin the defenders and the midfielders back that allows Punching a bit of space to, to do what he does but the form of the first half yesterday of Sacco and Balassi, same at Spurs, was was very very below par. Was poor, um, and I I just I think that he's lacking he's lacking that space that he needs to be able to create. I think we just we've compacted so much that midfield that he's just really struggling to get a foothold on the ball. We need to be able to bring him into the game, and we're not bringing him into the game. Well, Booted Eagle in the chat room, um, I'm net forward slash chat. Um, as someone says, spot on about punch half season player. Couple of uh, Razzy Ren dot said a couple of years ago, punch was banging in the goals. Now nothing. So Quite do you think it? Do you think people running time... out of patience with him, mate? That's what it is. Like, so you but think it's time he's... to sacrifice him? He's our best player, hundred percent. It's that simple for me. So well, we've seen we've seen uh, Zaha, you know, be on the wrong end of, or maybe the right end of, some sort of. You know, disciplinary bench. You know, sort your attitude out. You got to up your game. Is is punching the next? What is punching going to fall foul of that? Do you think? But has has Balassi played well once this season? Aren't Listen, we? I'm asking the questions yeah. here. Thank no, you very no much. I, I just, I just, I just think we sometimes we need a bit of realism. You know, at the end of the day, Jason Punching, whether we like it or not, is technically one of our best footballers. He is him and Kabai, probably the best, probably the best two players in the team. Now. Yannick Balassi hasn't performed well this season and is supposedly undroppable by everyone. You know, he... he we, no one's we, undroppable. We, we rave about Yannick Balassi saying, oh, you know, we wouldn't take to any men here and that. He scored four goals last season, three of which in one game and what, got five or six assists. Now, Jason Punchin's committed a lot more than that in the last two years for this club and I think he'll continue to do so. I think that when we're playing well, Jason Punchin is 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 the provider of that. Is the provider of we need to bring him into the game. And I just feel that the last couple of games haven't allowed him that space. Not playing a striker, not playing a big target man, has meant that everyone's compacted in midfield because we're playing three or four or five you know wingers on the pitch. If you create a bit of space for him, he'll create some magic. But we we need to be able to bring that to Punchin. So I was going to, with that in mind, you sort of you touched on it there. You know, we, we're not, we haven't had, we haven't got a wealth of strikers available to us at the moment. So hypothetical situation: if if Shamak and Wickham were fit, do you think we'd be seeing, you know, 
whether it's whether it's Balassi, Punchin, or even Zaha to continue be on, being on the bench a bit more? Do you think it's the, our lack of cho- choices up front that have meant that they're sort of more nailed on to start a game, Terence? Um, well, you, you know me. If Schumacher's fit, he goes in the team for me. I'm with you, mate. Um, but yeah, I'd, it's it's we're not used to these problems as Palace fans of having so many top quality players, which is what we've got in attacking areas. We're a bit obviously a bit light at the moment because of injuries, but if you've got the full complement of people to select from, you just, you just can't fit them all in. People are going to have to, you know, go to the bench and sit games out for a time because we've, we've got a lot of quality up there. It's nice to be able to have that kind of, you saw the, the impact that Wilf had though. It'd be, I think it'd be really nice to have that coming from the bench as well. It's so hard, obviously not to pick one of them, but having that coming from the bench is going to be awesome. Just absolutely right. awesome being able, you know, if you're chasing a game, even if you're leading the game with, with 20 minutes to go, half an hour to go, that can be the difference. That yeah. that one that one thing that Wilf did when he came on made the difference, and and that's gonna be that's gonna be rotation system. It's gonna be, but it's about when you get on for that half an hour, whether you take the opportunity. And Wilf did, and he's got to start the next game. So that, that so that takes us nicely into the second half. Obviously, we came out didn't, didn't make any changes. A few people thought, you know. Bear in mind, Pardew had done, had done that at Spurs the week before, thought there might be a few changes at half-time, but he stuck with it until the 62nd minute when we saw Zaha come on. Was, was Sacco, the, Sacco, I can't I can remember, was he the right person to take off, Joe? Yeah, I think so. Like I say, you, you, you just need to freshen it up, and we've got, we've got players that can come in there and freshen it up. I just, I just love the fact that, like you say, he's not, he's not frightened of dropping people, and I think there's, there's going to be some big decisions um, for, for Pardew with players not playing fantastically um, and, and do you know what and, uh, and that includes Kabai I think he, he's in and out of games to, you know we, we, he's our most expensive player he's, we've brought him in to, to possibly be our most influential player and you know he needs to I think he needs to, to, to up his game a little bit you know I know we're only Six or seven games in with a, you know the cup and everything else, whatever. But I, I, I really do, I really do think that he needs to to uh, to up his game a little bit, you know. Um, and I and I'd like to I'd like to see our midfield more settled. I'd like to see him playing together with one, with just with either MacArthur or Jedinek, you know. I'd I'd, I'd like to see that more. Um, I'd like to see him a little bit more forward. I, I agree with that, Joe. You know, I, I, I agree because, with that. And, and the reason, the reason I like to see him there because I do believe that he has a the capability to to shoot more. The closer, you know, I, I think within thirty years, thirty yards, he will have a crack. But also, I think he probably is the only person that I've seen in our team that can unlock a pass forward. Not worrying about the crosses, but you know, we don't have anyone playing cute balls, twenty-yard balls to try and find a forward. You know, especially with the kind of the the lack of striker as well at the moment that we're we're kind of struggling to see where the goals are coming from. I completely agree that playing Kabai further forward is going to be a great option for us. Because if you do that, then you put him straight into Punchin's part of the field. Because Punchin can't come in. Punchin can't come in from the wide if if there's already. If, if there's already wide players play out there, I think you can play deeper. Why can Punch and play deeper? Punch at times last season was was whether he was told to or not was coming much deeper for the ball when he was in his sort of purple patch. Maybe maybe that's something we could look into. What do you think? But Tim? then if he comes from deeper, then he's going to be in the way of Macarthur. Mm. 
it's an act of war, isn't Come it? Come on, Terence. On, it's sort an it act out. of war on you, Albert. <laughs> Saying that <laughs> they don't want Kabai in there. <laughs> um, I think we we thought that it would have been the case that Punchin and Kabai wouldn't be able to play together before we saw them play together. And it's probably starting to turn out like that. But they're both very, very intelligent footballers. And, you know, facts of the matter is they're still only seven games into into mm. playing with each other. So there's still gelling going on there. There's still an understanding to be created. So I'm not going to be too, you know, too quick to say that we should be dropping him now. I think um, there's still a little bit of time for him to go to you know, pin it down. Because if, if you can get them two in the same team firing on all cylinders, it's going to be very, very dangerous for teams. Pushing, the only thing for me, pushing, and I, and I never thought I'd say this, you know, I've only seen, previous to him signing for us, I've only seen goodbye, you know, playing for Newcastle and didn't watch them too much, trying not to make that a habit. But, I'm 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 actually st- I'm stunned about how good he is in, in in winning the ball back, and he seems to he seems to win the ball back, you know whether whether it's sticking a foot in or, or going to ground and nicking it, and he's up straight away. And he, he and does that re- slide tackle where he runs through, doesn't he? It's so unbelievable. He do that, it's amazing. So do do we do we worry that you know if you I, I'm not being disrespectful to to melee, you know, do we do we do we lose? Yeah, we can push Kabai up further, but do we lose then sort of? You know, starting counter attacks potentially earlier by having someone who can win the ball back and and set an attack on the way. Gel. <laughs> Sorry, I was just reading through the chat room. <laughs> Alex, um, no, 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 no. In, in your defence, I did ask you to do that. I shouldn't have come to you, should I? Yeah, that's all right. No, 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 no. Give me a break. I, I, oh, I, I, I do... Albert's on shaky ground. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, what we the, the thing about our team, it's all about pace. You give it to Yala, he legs it. You give it to Wilf. He legs it. You, you know, we, it's, everything is about pace. Now, what we need to do is to give the ball as much as we can to those players. They're obviously, the, they've got all the tricks and they've got all the pace. It's, and, and let the other teams double and treble up. And that's, that's where we sort of fallen down. Against Spurs, they, they almost doubled up. That, that diamond that we played, they doubled up every single time and stifled us. And they, and they worked us out. But the thing is, when you've got two or three players going over to... to, to, to uh, to take on to to try and stifle that one player, surely that that the other play put the other players need to be given options. It it it's, it says that, that there are options. If you've got three players on the one, then we then it's two two of our players are spare. You know, if we're going to attack, and and we can't just be attacking with with three or four. We need to be attacking with five or six. It still leaves us with four back. You know, it, it's um. It's, it's really frustrating, and, and like I said, and I've said it before. I, for me, just that it's just that split second. We need to get the ball f- f- forward faster. That's what we need to do. Mm. Good point. Yeah. Now, uns- two unsung heroes for me. Well, not unsung because they everyone was raving about them. But Joe Ledley, I thought was absolutely fantastic from start to end. Everybody agree? Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And Braden Hangerland, I thought was. Was outstanding. I've, I was I was listening to uh, to last week's show today, and there was a big discussion about Hangerland and and Gel saying you know he's been a big advocate of his ever since he came. I, I wasn't sure at the beginning. I'm certainly I'm certainly the other side of the fence now. I think he's been absolutely fantastic. What where does this leave Damien Delaney when he's fit? Can I just um, talk about Joe Ledley very quickly? Go. I, I sorry. I thought I thought he was fantastic, but he did just look like a player that hadn't played much football. I think, so just, yeah, I think it's in the first half he he struggled to kind of 
stay with the rhythm. I think in the second half he was he was a lot more comfortable. I think in the first half at times he was he was chasing shadows, but I wouldn't I wouldn't criticise him. I thought I thought he was fantastic. And it's just again, he's just gonna need games. He's really just gonna need games and it's early on in the season and he hasn't played much but it's good to see him back definitely. Terence? Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's a squad it's a squad game. It's a bloody cliche, but you, MacArthur picks up a knock just before the game, and you've got someone like Joe Ledley who can come in. Yeah, he looks a little bit rusty at the start, but he grew into the game. And that block right at the end of the game on the edge of the box was superb. And oh, that was fierce, wasn't it? Yeah, he, t- he f- <laughs> felt the full force of that. I think that shot would have taken my leg off. <laughs> <laughs> Was it? Uh, we tend to have. Um, was it Watford during our administration season, where I think it was a midweek game, and we I think we nicked it, and it just seemed to be. I think it was Matt. I can't think of the other centre half was, but it was Matt Lawrence, and they were getting in the way of absolutely everything. Mm. And it, it seems I've I've been to Vicarage Road three times, and I've seen three wins. The first one was the the five one, under one of Dowie's first games, and I actually sat behind the goal. And Lenny Pidgeley, on loan from Chelsea, was the Watford keeper. <laughs> And he was actually in the year above me at school, so I took great pleasure in, in goading him for the 90 minutes. But it just seems we go to, we go to Vicarage Road and we, we tend to have a bit of joy. Um, I, yeah, I, I thought that second, second half, do we think we, we deserved it overall in the second half? I thought we certainly imposed ourselves a bit more on the game and, I think, and yeah. Gail hits the bar. Oh, yeah, I think if you were watching it, you would probably think that it was tighter but I think when you actually look back look at the opportunities we were the ones with the clear-cut chances we were the ones that had five or six chances in that second half to, to kill their game off you know Gale had three himself they hit the bar other than that they didn't really have a great deal until we were hanging on in there in the last couple of minutes did they really so I think I think we did enough to win the game just gel yeah I mean that that, that the touch the defender got just that smaller touch stopped uh you know just he flipped it up just a little bit which gave it the height as gal followed through um that that it made him hit the bar but otherwise that was that was you know obviously well definitely going in i would have thought um but just going back going back um into the into the chat room um rosario says jed and aka macarthur holding kabai attacking if kabai ties replacing with punching you know we, we've got lots of options we, we we you know um and it seemed that seems to be the you know, Terence just said it's um, it's all about rotation, and 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 the thing is, Chelsea have been doing that for ten years. I know they've got huge squads and and huge amounts of talent, but we've got a fair amount of talent now, and the same size squad as him. So it it completely is about it is about rotation, um, and you know the other thing as well. It, it, you know, Jedinak, he hasn't played a big part this season um, yet, and and you know he's going to, so. You know, I, I, I can see. You know, it, it, too early to get on everyone's back. I know we're all being a little bit fussy, but like I so I think there's there's definitely room for there's definitely room for improvement. We know we can play better. We would we just I just think we both seemed stifled each other yesterday. Um, but yeah, there, there's definitely room for improvement. And, I, and I've said it. I'll say it again. I think sooner or later we're going to give someone a, a big team as well. I think we'll give a big team a hiding soon. Yeah, I think we're blessed to be having these conversations, you know. If you think about where we were a few years back, to so have a squad like this now where, you know, we can have players like MacArthur drop out before the game and you're bringing in Joe Deadly, I think it's superb. And in the second half, I think Watford had a little bit here and there. But other than that, it, we was a team who looked the more likely to score. 
Yeah, Ledley, Ledley screens that back four, doesn't he? Really, really well. He doesn't. He doesn't need to move forward. He just gets the. He wins the ball, and then he just part. He, it's an immediate pass. He's like he's like MacArthur. You know, he just as soon as he gets the ball, he gets his head up, and he want, he doesn't want to run. He doesn't want to run with it. He just wants to pass it. And you know, I, I think that's that's a that's a really good thing for us to have Ledley back. Um, I, I was I was surprised that uh, that, that Jedi wasn't included because I thought well, that was uh, his name. Oh, he is injured, is he? Okay. He's injured, yeah. Oh, yeah, and, you know, as we've already said, you know, Ledley's technically the ninth best midfielder in the world, you know, playing for Wales. So <laughs> we're, we're, mad, we're mad not to include him. Um, ultimately, the, the turning point, the turn, or the start of the turning point for the game was on 60 minutes when Zaha came on from, for Sacco. And uh, just, just on that note, just going back to Nick's, Nick's notes from earlier, he's put, um, I thought the substitution of Bakary had to happen. In fact, it was a necessary Sacco rifice. Oh. <laughs> yeah, what? but yeah, also Sa- sacrifice is also a name of Elton John song. Yeah, right? that's where that's what he was, that's oh, what he's doing. He's, he's clever. I'm telling what you, he's really clever. That's what he was I've, doing. Well, that's what I thought he was doing. I've already got the titles of five Elton John songs, and you guys ain't even noticed. <laughs> no, it's just we don't listen to you, Terence. <laughs> <laughs> well, whilst you're there, well, whilst you're there, Terence, let's let's bring this on. Uh, Nick's put here. I was I was thought it was disappointing the way the Watford players went down so easily. All game I just kept thinking, don't let Watson go down on me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. They are good. That's good. <laughs> so uh, he didn't even write them. I did. Anyone uh, on sixty-two minutes, Zaha comes onto the pitch and, and ultimately changes the game. Um, is that was that the perfect response? Is that what Pardew's been sort of was his master plan from half time from Spurs? last weekend through to Charlton and on to this game well he played well I thought against uh, against Charlton had a points of points of proof and um, I, I thought he played I thought he played really well I mean it was just it was just extremely direct instead of you know he did his first few flicks and lost the ball and but but you know Wilf being with his pace and I, I think he just needs to instead of trying to do the flicks I think instead of just doing that, you know, he'd be so much, so much a better player, and he is so much a better player when he just when he's direct and just running at players. Don't worry about cutting back and trying to do, you know, just just be direct. And, That's what and, I said but do you think do you think that comes down to the fact that you know yesterday he, he came on sort of two thirds into the game and maybe players are a bit tired and he was up against that awful, awful right back. But there's not a player on our, our team better at running than players for me than, than Zaha. There's no, yeah. there's nobody better in the team to get his head down and run at people. And he just needs to realise. It's like I think it's like with all of our wingers, and wingers tend to be a bit rash, don't they? Just doing everything at the right time. Like there was, a, there was a point in the last couple of minutes where he broke away. You know, we just needed to keep the ball for a couple of minutes, and he tries to play across to Gale. This all comes with game experience and playing football and. And he should have just kept on the ball rather than trying to play the ball across goal. He tries to play the ball across goal. They break and nearly score. And it's just kind of, just think about it a little bit. And But, but I suppose players like that don't really have the time to think. But it becomes second nature. But again, there's not a player on our team better than that. And when he when he does that, you know, he's he's he got bought from Manchester United for a reason. And that's simple as that for me. But yeah, but I think arguably Bakary Sacco's the winger who's got the most, I guess, the close, like, perfect harmony in terms of what he does, uh, in terms of tr- when he chooses to cross the ball and when he chooses to shoot. Mm. That, if you think the cross for Dwight Gale was absolutely superb, but Sacco on the ball 
when he's one a player is no, he's nowhere near the level Wilfred's are. But that's why I wouldn't have brought Sacco off because for me Sacco will always have a goal or an assist in him. Yeah. Whereas I don't believe that about Balassi or Zaha um, even really, <laughs> even at this get- level. We appear to have lost Albert. Uh-oh. We've lost our host. Uh oh. Uh oh. When the hosts are away, the kids will play. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, I'll tell you what, Russ, uh, Russ sixty two eyes come up with a point in the uh, in the chat room. He said, "What about our injuries? It seems to be we seem to have a fair few players that are injured now." Yeah. Um, how, how many have we got now? You'll you'll know this better than anyone. Well, you two. Who we got? Who's injured? Well, Connor Whippham's obviously the big miss at the moment. Jidanak. Shamak. Two, three. How far's, how far's Delaney off being fit? Yeah. Four. Joel Ward. Five. Mm, so, you're already looking... Fuck, we're a team out. Well, five-a-side team, anyway. But again, it shows we're still putting in performances with all of these injuries. I think, out of all of them, it's only really the Connor Wickham one that's really affected us on a big scale on the grounds that well, I think we're yeah. all in agreement that if he would have played against City and Spurs, we would have been we would have won the mate. Yeah. yeah. But, but Wickham, right. Wickham gives us, gives us something different. He gives the aerial presence. Mm-hmm. But, but if you, if I don't know if you, if you player watched, um, Gale, when he, he, he just harangues and harasses all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if he could just hold the ball a bit more of his back to goal, I think that's all that's really missing. For he's just not built to do it, though, is he? That's the no. problem. He just, he's just not, he's not built and born to do that. And that's no. what, that's what's so. That's, and that's for me, as good as Dwight Gale is, he'll never be a top flight striker. Because really, yeah, wash your mouth out. <laughs> no, do I think he's good enough? Absolutely. But how many teams play two up front? You know, mm. he's he'll never start up front on his own for any Premier League team really unless he has to like he did for us this weekend because he just can't well he can because he did a job didn't he yeah he, I mean, he, he did, a job, really, did a job he was really unlucky that he didn't score a couple of goals yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree he had, he had chances but I just I just don't think ever he's going to be somebody that people rely on to play up front on his own I just I don't think football's going that way certainly not in England well, maybe if he gets, a, maybe if he gets a run of games. I mean, that, that's that's what I think. I, oh, I'd, I'd love him to prove me wrong. I'd love him to prove me wrong, and I'd hold my hands up if he does. But for me, I just I can't see him being a, a lone striker ever. Mm. So, in the absence of Albert, we were probably just about to get onto the goal, weren't we? Yeah, let's talk the goal. So, do we do we think it was a penalty? <laughs> oh, undoubtedly. I, can't, I, I, I do, I do, I did have a couple of chats with Watford fans as I walked out, actually trying to remain as professional as possible. But something effing and blinded about Wilf being a cheat and all of this. If you, if you, if you foul a player, it's a foul. However, he goes down. It was just they had nothing to complain about, and their manager said it themselves. So, mm. you know, yeah, I think it was a definite penalty. And the re- fair play to the ref as well. You know, we we're quick to slate off referees when they get decisions wrong, and he's made a, a good like, logical thought process to give. But it that was penalty. tight as well. It would have been yeah. very easy to give that on the edge of the box. Exactly right. Yeah, but he yeah, made very... the, he made a decision based on the turf and so on. It's really, I think it was a very very smart decision. So fair play to him. But that's good refereeing. I mean, he actually points to to the piece of turf. Mm-hmm. as if to say to the fans and their players look it's in the area and, that's, and as soon as he did that they all stopped protesting it was definitely a penalty he definitely made contact with him it was, yeah. it was definitely a penalty and, uh, you know it just 
it just happened to be it's almost it's really really strange how where it was with the same you know with wilf left hand side of the area going nowhere really and they decide to kick him quite bizarre that's what he does. He draws that challenge. He just he teases. He leaves the ball there for just the right amount of time to to draw that leg out. And he he does it all the time. It's just when he gets into the, he, he needs to try doing that, getting the penalty area. You think Liverpool last game of last season, he did the same there, drew the same challenge out of the player. He's very very smart. He just teases them just for the right amount of time. Do you do you think about Wilf? Do you think that he should be more selfish at times? Like there was so, for me, there's a couple of opportunities where he got the ball on the edge of the box. I'm thinking, mate, just hit that because we we never shoot from outside of the box, do we ever? Yeah. And that's when we, me and Joe were talking about goodbye there. Why, I don't understand why our reluctance just to have a go. Yeah. It's that it Sunday is. league thing, isn't it? Just mate, if you get inside of it, hit it. Yeah, I think he needs happen. a little bit more belief in himself. You mm. know, he he can be the big star for us. He really could be if he just you know, just. Believe in it. You remember? Would you remember that period? Sorry to talk about United, but when Cristiano Ronaldo just went actually on the bollocks. <laughs> yes, and, I do remember that. Yeah, and for, from I'm not saying he can be on that level, but he, he just needs that little bit of belief, and just it's surely he's got bucket loads of goals in him. He must have. He's got all the attributes for do it. Do you remember his goal against Watford a couple of years ago? Yes. Banger. That is exactly it. That's exactly the type of goal. And do you know why? Because he didn't have any time to think about that. He just hit mm. it his it's first time, didn't he? And that was... He's got goals in him, for sure. Um, mm. What have we got to talk about next, Terence? Uh, I think we're going to uh, go, we're gonna go to the four reviews, reviews I, think. I think. Yeah, we are. Oh, are we? <laughs> Listen to Homestale Radio on the go. Using our Android app. Download at holradio.net forward slash Android. Ben Flurry, history has repeated itself. Dan King, it's like Wembley again. Carl Mortimer, Watford couldn't break breed. Jockey, Wembley all over again. Mark G, bring on the police. Mark Cole, Papa made that penalty. Kevin, Wilf changed again. Stand in the sun. Just like Wembley again. Again. Gary, Zaha does it again. Guardian. EPFC for life. Show. Hangel and Dan Ledley, quality. CPFC for life again. And finally a clean sheet. Again. <laughs> Danny Bunn. Best away team ever. Sean Diamond, Europa League next season. Okay. Alan Church, bless him. Is it over yet? Oh, I can't even read it. <laughs> Lalitha Perso, another super away win. Gary Reynolds. Meanwhile, in South London, dot dot. Oh, just two rather than three. Timothy A. Reader, yet another three points. Lee Brown, he did win that. Greg Pierce. <laughs> Deja Vu 1 0. Lily read that like a gypsy and said, Java. <laughs> I'll tell you a story about that one. <laughs> William C. 
CPFC Cunningham. Flying high, fantastic result. Joe Leggett, it's like Wembley again. Yeah, we know Joe. It's not fucking Wembley again. Get over it, mate. <laughs> Mark Johnson, scrappy 1 0 win. Simon Pizzi, grinding out a result. <laughs> Davy CPFC farm boy, will change the game. Again, we've had a few of those as well. Is that Cliff? Terence? Poor Cliff. Cliff Page. A win's a win. Review the game next week by tweeting hashtag forward review to add whole radio. The all-time Palace 25-man squad. Tweet us your suggestions and we'll choose in or bin. Pretend, maybe not. Maybe it's just me and you, Alex. I've always thought we were the best ones. I think so, too. Yeah. I think so, too. Um, um, oh. We haven't got them. Should we talk Palace? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so, uh, where were we? I mean, I was the first one to go, so I'm, we were, t- were we talking about the Zaha penalty? Yeah, we'd spoken about the penalty. We'd spoken about the fact that it was kind of strange in the same place. Um, we'd spoken about the fact we felt it was a penalty. Um, and any Watford fan who's thick enough to think it wasn't needs help. Um, other than that, that's, that's kind of as far as we got. What else happened in the game, really? Well, had we had we mentioned the that it uh, went in the same area, we didn't mention that Kabai managed to tuck it in the same place. I think I think the forward reviews probably covered the the deja vu factor of they the, did. Oh, sorry. did, but none of them mentioned the uh, the little shit bag that tried to kick up the penalty spot before. Oh, he uh, was horrible, wasn't he? That was really rude, wasn't it? He got booked for that. Then he did a foul later on and didn't get booked again. It really pissed me off. Sorry, yeah, no, no, just no, really that's fine. Like, He's just one of those guys that really deserves just just gets everything he gets he deserves just deserves a red card just horrible. Is that Geraldo? Oh, he's horrible, isn't he? That's the one. Gel Holyoke, everybody. I can imagine that like the type of person that Gel would absolutely lose his rag with. I'd just kick him. I would have stamped on him without a doubt. Have you ever kicked up a penalty spot, Gel? No, it's cheating, isn't it? (laughs) I was never a cheat. I played the game hard and fair. Hard but fair, I think you meant I to say. I would have smashed him, though, definitely. Oh, he been, and when, he, like, when they go over on the, on the floor screaming, he would have been screaming because he was hurt, not because he was trying to cheat me. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, Terence is back. Here he goes. Hello. It's the full, it's the full compliment. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> have, uh, we, um, have we talked about Kabai's penalty yet? The way he's stuffed the, into the top corner. We're in the throes of it now. Gel, go, go for it. No, they're just the way stuffed in. Everything about the penalty just mirrored the one nil at Wembley. I mean, it was just, just bizarre, absolutely bizarre. And and the and the other thing was, again, in the in the uh, Sky Studios, Kevin Phillips. I mean, he must have just been. I don't know what he made of that. <laughs> just completely freaked out by it. I would. He thought. was just happy that Gilfie Sigurdsson wasn't playing. <laughs> <laughs> Gilfie, look, look it up. Just, just um. Just, uh, uh, I was talking about the skies. Was Harry Kuehl just the most annoying git ever? I never liked him. He works uh, for Watford, doesn't he? Yeah, he works for the youth team, or the 21s or whatever. But do you not think he was just sitting there like, like he he, he looked like a, fun, like a Thunderbirds puppet? He <laughs> just, honestly, he just looked like... I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't well, I was here in the studio. Yeah, obviously Phillips. I think Phillips rubbished him a couple of times because he just <laughs> obviously was pissed that Watford had lost, really, and couldn't believe. I mean, to the point where he was, 
I, I almost thought he was going to come out and, and, and say something stupid, like that Sunderland player once said, like, you know, if we go down and Palace stay up, it'd be the <laughs> biggest injustice. I almost thought he was going to say something like that. He was so annoyed that they lost. I just, it's it Australian, was Australian, though, isn't it? They do that. They yeah. Happy when they lose. Well, you know what? To a bird from Emmerdale. I'm so. really, ha- I'm really happy about that because I've never forgotten when he scored that winner in the FA Cup against us at Sellers. Oh, yeah. when, when Julian Gray had one cleared from behind the line and the, the goal, goal wasn't, wasn't given exactly. So David Ellery, referee. Yeah, yeah well, of course. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Who else at that time? We're going on about the uh, what a county. Oh, oh! <laughs> Eagle uh, said he was surprised that Gale didn't take the penalty. Even Pards was. Mm. Um, apparently so. I, I, I don't know. Is that is that the? Uh... Yeah, Kabai would have been in trouble if he missed it. Yeah, no. Um, Alan Pardew said in his post match, he said, um, "I was surpri- as surprised as anyone to see Kabai step up because, as far as I'm concerned, I told Dwight Gale to take penalties." So, well, Dwight Gale's not in my fantasy football team, and Johan Kabai is. So true. Say, I'll have that. Yeah, in, that, in that case, then I wanted Saka, uh, not Sacco, Soiree to take it. Oh yeah, I've got him as well. What's Scott Dan? <laughs> Rosario in the chat room has just has just shouted up Tommy Black. What would that mean to our conversation? Um, was it him who had the shot in that game, in the Leeds game? I don't know. Someone's just chucked in Tommy Black. So he played in that game. Did he score? Yeah. Did he score the goal that we were given? Uh, no, it was Julian Gray, wasn't it? Because it, it, yeah, it was definitely Julian Gray from the edge of the box with his right peg. Hit the side netting on a sort of half volley. Hmm. Anyway, moving on. Maybe, uh, maybe it was Tommy Black who missed, actually, thinking about it. He did miss, he scored. We scored, and yeah. Right. So, anybody got any any final thoughts on the Watford game? Or should we move on to um, Andy Johnson? AJ. AJ time. AJ, right. Ultimate, ultimate squad, 25-man. We all know how it works. We have to uh, decide whether Andy Johnson is worthy of a space in our 25 man all-time CPFC squad. Uh, as already mentioned, already in there, in goal, Nigel Martin, defender Scott Dan, Kenny Sampson, Wilf Zaha, Ian Wright, and unfortunately, the only person who's been binned is Michael Hughes. So, Andy Johnson obviously came as a as a make-weight when um, Clinton O'Morrison controversially went to hook up with that, um, I'm not even going to say his name, that Judas lying, fat-faced, bent-nosed mother at uh, Birmingham. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and a few pe- a few people weren't weren't too happy about it. I think uh, the, f- the first the first sort of um, occasion that I was made aware of Andy Johnson was when he was in the uh, played in the final and, and missed the penalty for Birmingham. Um, he had hair then, which is which is quite weird. Um, but yeah, so he turned up and we obviously he fired he, he got us up into the Premier League. Uh, was I think he was the top top English goal scorer that year in the Premier League. Admittedly, half of them were penalties. And depending on who you speak to, quite controversial ones. Obviously, came came down with us. Managed, you know, we apparently we started paying him twenty five bags a week to stay for one more season, and he did. Unfortunately, got um, I was at the game at Reading when he got horrendously clattered, and that ruled him out for a fair chunk of the season. And then we all know he went to Everton and then on to Fulham. Uh, but obviously, we only care about what he did in a Palace shirt. Uh, Terence, initial thoughts on AJ as a all time twenty five player? Well. 30 plus goals a season what is he only one of only three players to do that for us there's not many who have done it or is it four I think it's four who have done it in a season in the league um, that season you just knew every time we, he went onto the pitch you just knew he was going to score 
his pace, the way he occupied the two centre-backs. We were saying earlier that Dwight Gale was not really built to play man-to-man with his back to goal and so on, but Johnson had everything to his game in that sense. He could play with his back to him, he could run in behind him, he could finish. For someone who was so short, he could get up and head the ball. He's got to score some brilliant headers for us. But I've always been slated by my friends about Andy Johnson because after about eight or nine games, I don't think he'd scored for us yet. And we were away at Sheffield Wednesday on a Tuesday night and he headed the ball against the post from two yards out (laughs) in a really horrendous nil-nil draw. That's because he didn't have his magic hat on. And I stood up in front of all my (sighs) friends and and proclaimed at the top of my voice, that man will never fucking score goals. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny you say that. But the I, next game, he didn't stop scoring. <laughs> I seem to remember. I seem to remember again. Probably a similar time to what you're talking about, Tell was when I don't know who did it. There was a there was a Photoshop job of of Andy Johnson in a Palace kit on the, on the hole, and somebody had zoomed in, done a done a Photoshop and zoomed in on his boot, and there was a there was a golf club, there was a sa- <laughs> sam- sandwich on the bottom of his boot. <laughs> Which yeah. again, you know, at least you didn't commit it to print. You know, you can have your opinions at the time. We won't get a bit big on our face. But uh, Gel, Andy Johnson, talk to me. Yeah, no, I just I loved his endeavour. I loved his. I loved the fact that he, you know, he just he just tried. And, and and I've always said that you know, at Palace, not so much now. We just you know we're after skillful players, but we you know mainly we just want we wanted triers. And 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 AJ was always a trier. He always looked like he went out there, he ran his knackers off, and. And he scored loads of goals, and you know he got his own song for his for his just for the sheer sheer amount of goals and important goals, and not just important goals for for the team for the for for where we finished in the league, but he scored important goals against Brighton, you know when he when he scored that actually I'm sure he got actually against Brighton, then he was in the five nil, yeah. yeah. you know and. He, he, he scored, you know he scored actually against Brighton and got and got a song. He, he just he is. Immortalised at Palace, and and uh, I, I I really like him. I really do. It, for me, he's he's up there with righty for me. Nice, high praise, Alex. Uh, I was thinking about it earlier. Who can I put in this team? I came up with Simon Thomas or Sandor Torgelli. So I think <laughs> Andy Johnson probably just about <laughs> makes the cut. Um, I think had Ventola played for us for a longer time, he could be up there. Um, what, like twenty minutes. Yeah, I was hoping more than that. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess he beats he beats Torgelli. So Cucci, he did a job, didn't he? So I suppose really Johnson get makes the cut. Yeah, him or how, Murray. How many? How many? How many Palace strikers can we say that have, you know been called up to England squad and, and cruelly shoved out wide for ten minutes in a in a friendly? I think. Um, <laughs> None, I don't know. It's a trick question. Yeah, well, AJ, I, I they call it a rhetorical question. Oh, I thought you were asking for other people. Yeah, but, but there that. aren't any. So it's a rhetorical question. Come on. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm not that old, so there might have been ones previously. Oh, right, well, that's, the, that's the thing. Yeah, you got you got to have the, the older person's going to going to have seen the you know other players or a lot more players than what we've seen. I mean, I'm only going. I'm going to go back to seventy eight. So certainly in my time, seventy four. I've not so. seen a better striker for us. Not in my time. Oh, any was. any favourite AJ goals? I want individual goals. Free against yes. Brighton. 
<laughs> oh, other than the obvious three against Brighton. Yeah, let's not. We won't include that just to make it slightly more interesting. He's he's hat trick three days later against Walsall. Oh. He scored a banging left footed volley over yeah. the goalkeeper Van Basten esque, and then he scored a ninety fourth minute winner. It was it, after we were two 0 down in that game as well. And we won four three, and that's one of my favourite non important Crystal Palace games. I, I, I absolutely love that hat trick. Brilliant stuff. Joe. You don't, you don't. Um, yeah, no, no, no. I, listen, I, to, to pick out, I know what you're saying about individual goals, but I just, for me, that the, the, the hat trick just epitomised every. You know, you put, he probably would have given. I hate to say anything more than hundred percent because hundred percent is hundred percent. But you just, he just, you know, that it was two hundred percent in that game. I just, I just like people that that try and that try that little bit more when they, when you want them to try that little bit more you can go out there at the end of the season and you can score an hat trick in a game that means nothing but you can go out there and score an hat trick in a game against brighton that that, I, like, that, that, that like just will you know it, it will just immortalize him forever for every palace fan it's just that it's that, that, that another little it's like birds on the bedpost, isn't it? With Charlton and Brighton, you just we just got another notch. It's another notch on that on the on the football bedpost of kicking their asses. I really like the goal. I think it was, it was against West Brom. Long ball over the top, and uh, I think it was Darren Purse mm. did the whole pret- pretend he was going to head the ball, and then just sort of like did a bit of a slut drop, let the ball go over his head, like which is cr- criminal defending. And AJ just obviously bearing down on him, just managed to get him behind and, and tuck it away. Very bizarre um, goal. But what was brilliant about that as well was we'd just thrown away a 1-0 lead and they scored two late goals and they'd just scored what we thought was a last-minute winner. And that was the last kick of the game, a hopeful lump forward just to try and get something straight after they scored with seconds left. Yeah. Too, I, too, too casual Darren Purse. I always said yeah. it. <laughs> so you're, you're, saying, you're saying about important goals and, 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 and every goal really is an important goal, but... I, I, I must be honest, I must have a kinship with with Lions across the road because he's just turned around and said, and I, I immediately thought of this when you when you turned around and said your favourite goal, and the one that comes to my mind was Friedman's goal against Stockport, mm. and I, and it, it's not even an AJ goal. That's that's the thing, but that's the most important goal for me. I think yeah. in, so, in I, I personally think in our history, there was yeah. one for me against. Oh, my, it was like my first memory of actually like going to see Palace properly. It, it was against Liverpool at home. When Routledge has like a shot come across oh, yeah, thing and he heads it in, I think we beat them one nil. Then it hits him in the head instead of him head it. No, the first time he hits him in the head. Then I think the second time he headed it. I, I can't remember it exactly, but I remember that it got played in. Then it came back out to Routledge as kind of like a volley, and then he heads it in and we beat them one nil. That yeah, was the, the shots going wide and AJ just gets yeah. a little flick on it. And that's the that's yeah. the game where uh, Rafa Benitez accused us of being a, a, a really dirty team, which was hilarious considering they cheated us out of. Have at least a point up at their place with yeah. Milan Barros and the famous Eunice Colker oh. <laughs> swan swan dive, which is another another personal highlight of mine. Um, Joe, was there any uh, feedback on AJ in the chat? Um, no, because what it's done, it's actually gone right off on a on a tangent of of just other great strikers. So what? I mean, this is this you know be great. We're, like Palace strikers like Chris Armstrong, um, Dave Swindlehurst, Friedman, Mickey Flanagan, Johnny Byrne. Do you know what I mean? We've had some really great strikers. We really, really have. But did any of them do the burger celebration? <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's important, though, because what you're having in a 25-man squad, four or five strikers, and you've got exactly. to think... There's plenty of room. You've got to think Peter Simpson and Johnny Byrne of almost shoo-ins. 
What uh, who was he got? Who got the hat trick against Man United in the five nil? Um, Don Rogers. Don Rogers. Yeah. Jesus, you know, and again, he made himself a legend with a hat trick. Yeah. Ted Smith, Ian Wright, Mark Bright, Clinton Morrison, Dougie Friedman. We've had strikers. Talking, of, talking of Johnny Byrne, Mike, Mike and, Timms has chipped in with, based on comparisons with Johnny Byrne's record, who is more deserving? Yeah. AJ had less Palace appearances than JB and is lower rated on the whole player database. AJ had only really one good year in the top flight, whereas JB's career is closer to Ian Wright's and Kenny Sampson's career for Palace, later top clubs, and England. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's right, and that's it's a really tough one because he's probably on the fringes of whether he makes it or not for me, Johnson. And I'm gonna, it's going to be tough for me to put him in. I think. Remember those years. Terence, for you as a Palace fan, you never saw those players. The years that you kind of look back now, how good were they when Andy Johnson was absolutely tearing the crap out of the Championship? Yeah, and even the was, Premiership when he scored 20 odd goals. Yeah, no, it, it was extremely exciting, but for me, I've, when I think back of really exciting times, the, what comes to mind when I think of one single player that I've seen is Wilfred Zaha when he's on his day, is the one that excites me the most. So yeah, Andy Johnson scored a lot of goals in the, in those two seasons, but in terms of longevity, and I'm you got uh, me. I'm a I'm a bit of a stat- statistician. If you can say it. it, I can't say it. I can spell it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and I look at I like and I like reading about the history and so on. And just every time, like on plug my website, but on the website I've been doing those back in the day history articles. And just Johnny Byrne scored every week. Peter Simpson scored every week, and not like one or two. He was they were scoring threes and fours. And what website Hyland, is that, Terence? It's redandbluearmy.co.uk. <laughs> and and also looking back at it as well, talking important goals and so on. Clinton Morrison scored a bunch of them. And then you're looking. We've we've already mentioned Dougie Friedman at Stockport goes in for me just for that goal alone. So. Um, I'll give my answer now. I, th- um, I think I'm going to have to bin Andy Johnson. That is not the only bin either. Mm. From the chat room, from the chat room, um, Lions five fifty said bin as well. Mm. Wow. It's tough because you're not on. You're not on your own, Terence. Alex, Alex is right though. Like thinking, like think about in my, terms of what I've seen at Palace with my own eyes. Arguably. It, it, it goes down to out of him, Friedman, Morrison, and Murray. M- Murray, <laughs> M- well, Murray and Armstrong are the ones that I've seen. You never saw Wrighty then? Nah, I'd, I'd, um, my first <laughs> my first Palace game I ever went to, Ian Wright scored against us for Arsenal when we won two one at Highbury. Oh, what's a dog? Mm. Mm. Anyway, game. This has been a, a, um, a question that has been going on for about an hour sporadically through the. Uh, uh, through the chat room um, now that he's left Alex you can they want you to talk about Glenn Murray <laughs> I well, I've, I've said from the start that I will I never have a problem with letting letting players go yes of course I was upset that that we sold our best striker uh, for me it's, it's just it was naive the fact that we chose we let him go without replacing him I don't get it. You know, you, yes, Wickham was a replacement, but if we've come out of the window now weaker than we were, and we're a Premier League side trying to push for Europe, 
why on earth are we coming out of the window potentially weaker up front than, than we were? That's 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 not good enough for me. That's just naive, and I understand that people, you know, would tell me to get over it, and he wanted to go and things like that. But sometimes in football, you've just got to be selfish. Unless we had Charlie Austin lined up to sign, you do not let him go. I don't care if he wants to go. I really don't and care. They yeah, it <laughs> <laughs> but you don't let your best striker go, and I just think that's naive and and. And I, and I don't get it. I, that's it. I just I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. Are you going to in or bin Andy Johnson? I'm going to in Andy Johnson. Undoubtedly, my my first kind of memories of Palace really was Andy Johnson. Gel. Yeah, I've already in him, and I have you. I think did I? Yes, in in for can me. You, can you could just get confirmation? <laughs> yes. <laughs> in in in. Yes, sir. So, yeah. Right, so yeah. So for me, sorry, yeah. When looking at the big picture, it's a bin for me. When you say the big picture, do you mean that mural that was painted outside Sellers, where Andy Johnson was was part of, and he sort of looked like not who was the other one, not Morph. Who was the the, the cream looking fellow? Look, <laughs> who is mate? Chaz, Chaz. <laughs> I'm glad you did the impression because I was I was about to try and would have failed miserably. No, by by the big picture, I mean it's the about I think it's the 11th Elton John song I've got in without you guys realizing. <laughs> what? Which one's that? The big picture. All oh, right, okay. My Elton John knowledge is. Um... My, my, mine is as well, but when you've got an internet screen with all of these songs in front of you, it's quite easy to do. Oh, for God's sake. But I know Bernie Torpin probably wrote the lyrics to it. If, you know, if you want to get really deep into little John's, uh, I was going to say, back catalogue, so, but that would have been a clip in the intro next week. <laughs> so, subliminally, this is going to be a fantastic episode for a, a, a Elton John podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well done. Um so, so for me, put me, me on Andy Johnson. Um, I see what I've done there. I've brought the me system actually into the audible part of the show. Uh, I'm, I'm with Alex. You have to, you have to go with what you witnessed. You know, I, I know, you know, my Johnny Byrne and all these other players. People will talk about, but um, you got to go with with what you've experienced. And I've got to say, you know, we talk about we talk about you know the squad now, and is it the best squad, and it's the best football that we've played since the since you know the the couple years and for me it's you know I, I came in very late into the couple era so again didn't witness necessarily a lot of that first hand so the second best period for me was when we had AJ you know Routledge and Gray up front and you know we we were ripping teams apart certainly in the championship week by week and Andy Johnson was so vital for that so for me personally he's going in he is going in now looking at the totals We've only, we've got four ins and one bin. Now I don't know how that works because you binned him, Terence, and there was mm-hmm. other bins. One of those is the listeners. Oh, I see. Right, yeah, I don't know how that works. He's in basically. So Andy Johnson goes into the squad alongside Ian Wright up front, and with Will Saha, Scott Dan, Kenny Sampson, Nigel Martin. I think that that's enough of a team to be anyone. Don't need any other players. Uh, next week on the 25-man squad, we're going to be talking about central midfielders. So if you've got any uh, any suggestions for central midfielders, get in touch. And you can go when, to when, it, when it gets to those Clinton Morris and Dougie Friedman, oh, don't put me on the show because someone's going to have to get binned <laughs> and I'm going to kick off. Are we, do we know how many strikers we're having in the 25-man squad? Are we allowed even to say if, that? Even if it's five. We're... Eleven. 
we're already missing people out. <laughs> all, all right, Tim Sherwood. Hey! <laughs> Trying to play 11 Strikers. I thought 11 Strikers might have been another Elton John song that I just didn't know about. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, been a long evening. Has anybody noticed the uh, Elton John lyrics adorned around the, around the ground? At, yeah, uh, quite embarrassing, wasn't it? It's weird, isn't it? Nearly as, oh, we haven't spoken about that bloody thing but in the suit that came the around. Drum. Let's well, do it oh, now! What a, the drum. what a tear. How oh. embarrassed would you be? I thought Chelsea was bad enough paying somebody to, to you know, wave their flags and stuff. But then having that muppet in a suit trying to get your atmosphere going, it's laughable. The hornet. Mm. Someone dressed oh. up as a hornet, banging a drum, hiding, trying to hide as well. <laughs> well which is quite it. hard to do when you're dressed up as a hornet. Yeah, but it was... It, it, <laughs> I'm not I, speaking I from experience. Kind of, I, I just, just that you said about Chelsea waving a flag. Did Arsenal pay a couple of people to stand just be, in between the... Uh, just just in front of the terraces, don't they? Or, or the seats with huge yeah. flags, like 30 feet high flags. Yeah, I'd be pissed if I paid 62 quid for a ticket and I couldn't see no, it. I never never noticed anyone there, Joe. Oh. oh. Do we oh. think do we think there's any any suitable lyrics or or mantras we could paint around Salas Park? Um, circle of life. That's um, very and, good. This is, and this is what he said. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, the only no. thing I can think of is, you know, Maxi Jazz lyric, you know, obviously Big Palace fan was and was, you know, the, faceless. Was in faith. Was in faithless. I just think we could have well, off the top of my head. Insomnia. Please release me and let me dream of making mad love on the heath, pulling tights off with my teeth. I think that might look quite good at the back yeah. of the half away. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let your mum go down on me. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I won't. Don't worry about it. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's the end of that. Right. So have you seen that four strikers? Only four strikers are going into the squad. So Only four. So there's two more. So that means we've got Ian Wright and Andy Johnson. See, I would have been Ian Wright, but so now you now you got to go two out of Peter Simpson, Mark Bright, Dougie Freeman, Clinton Morrison, and Johnny Byrne. Glenn Murray. Glenn Murray. <laughs> Don't think Joe looks a bit like Neil Shipperly. <laughs> wow! I'm gonna fucking punch you. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Unbelievable. Anybody else want to have a dig at anyone you know, before, we, before we wrap scored, this up? He's got the goal to get us up. He should be, he should be happy. Mm. In his earlier years, not now. <laughs> right, gel sulking. Alex is getting abusive. I think it's probably best that we uh, we wrap this up. Listen, we, sorry for the technical issues. Hey, it happens. Um, but listen, thanks for tuning in. And, uh, you know, it's been my first stab at presenting. And... I'm hoping it is also my last. But uh, listen, I'm, I'm, first of all, I want to say thank you to pro- producer Mikey for uh, you know steadying the ship when it all went a bit quiet. So cheers, Mikey. Gel, uh, you've been you've been a pleasure. Thank you. That's Reciprocated right. back to you. You've done very well. Oh, so much better right. than so much better than the last bloke. I should have saved my Julian Sproni gag for the end, shouldn't I? <laughs> Do it. Nah, well, oh, that's silly. Uh, Terence, uh, thanks very much. Alex, you've been, you've been, um, you've ruffled a few feathers. I've got to be honest. Um, Albert, based on tonight, I think it's going to be a one-night-only thing, mate. Are you <laughs> so, so you're binning me? Is that what it is? Is that is that an Elton John song? 
It certainly is. <laughs> uh, right, on that note, wrap it up. <laughs> Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. <laughs> It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.